This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, back here at the Big Show. Ordway and Holly right back to the phone calls. Here's uh, Chris in Halifax. What's up, Chris? I'm sorry, I pushed the wrong button. You're Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris, what's up? Chris! Nice, hey, Chris. Chris, Chris got the radio Chris, up. turn your radio down. <laughs> but... Too late. Let's go to Matthew in Rhode Sorry. Island. Matthew. Hey, good evening, right? gentlemen. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, How Matthew. You? Uh, happy uh, draft day. This is probably like Christmas Day to me. Is it? Um, oh, absolutely. So you're excited. Um, I've I've been waiting for this day for a long time. It actually since last draft day. It helps me get over the su- Super Bowl loss a little bit. Um, you know, to know that there's um, some Patriots joining the team that will help the, the defense. Hopefully, um, I, I I honestly think that they set themselves up nicely for this draft. With last year's draft, drafting the depth on the running back um, line positions, uh, you know, Cannon and Solder and then uh, the running backs. I really would like to see them. I know it's against Belichick's, uh, um, you know, system. Uh, I don't think he really likes to uh, imply that anyone is higher than the team. So I think that maybe trading up is something that would show a player that they – Want to go out and do, but I think that. Oh, I don't think it has anything no, to do with I, that. I don't think so either. No. They've done it. They've done it before. Yeah. I I kind of. I don't think he cares what the other guys think about what he does on draft. Yeah, they well, traded up. They traded back. They traded up double digits. They traded up one slot. So I, I don't think it has anything to do. with I think he moves up showing Mike, a player that yeah. he's above the no. team. No, Michael. I think he moves up if he feels that there's one player up there that could be a Pro Bowl player for the next eight to nine years. He looks at that player and he says, I tell you what, that's a can't-miss guy. My guess is that he thought about that with Gerard Mayo, and that's why he moved, you know, made that move for, for Gerard Mayo. That if he sees a player up there that's going to be that type of impact player, he goes for him. If not, then he's going to take the value right where he is. Yeah, and they moved up for, for Daniel Graham, 11 spots. Yep. And they did miss because Dan- Daniel Graham never became no. what they thought he would. He was a good Productive player on a championship team, a blocker, tight end. but he never became the receiver they thought he was. Uh, time for our weekly get together with Danny Ainge, brought to you by ARS Restoration Specialist. Call 877-461-1111 or arsserve.com. And by SPLI, dependable, no nonsense life insurance at a price that you can live with. Call 888 get SPLI or visit spli.com. And by your local Boston area Mercedes Benz dealers, the complete lineup of Mercedes Benz 4 Matic all wheel drive vehicles, visit mbusa.com. Uh, to schedule a test drive today. Uh, this is our final get-together of the regular season with Mr. Ainge. Next week it will actually be the playoffs. So how did you enjoy the regular season, Mr. Ainge? It was. It went fast. Uh, well, it was games, short. It was short. But in the end, based on what you were dealing with at the beginning, how do you feel now at the end of it? I, I feel... Uh, very impressed with my coach and my players who, you know, they really stepped it up. You know, there was a lot of questions um, in everybody's mind 
during the first part of the season, and we got off to a miserable start with a favorable schedule, and we ended on a with a great finish uh, with a very difficult schedule. So uh, I'm, I've, I've been happy with how our guys have responded, and I just hope that we can get healthy and, and give it a real shot. And it's funny you say that the season went fast. I know it would never happen because David Stern wouldn't let it happen, but how do you feel about a shortened schedule with a regular training camp? I mean, this year it was 66. That's too short. How about shortening, shortening the regular season to 70 games or 75 games? Would you be a proponent of that? I, I, that's a waste of time to talk about it. That's not happening. Well, you don't think um, he's cutting games and taking a cut for all the teams in pay? You don't think that'll happen? No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to be with an 82-game schedule and, and uh, probably for a long time. And I think it's good. I don't, I don't have any problems with our schedule. I mean, it's been going for a long time. The NBA has been good. It's been prosperous. It's, uh, you know, as long as you have enough days to rest and practice and stay in, in shape and, and – um, I, I like the long season. It's fine. You know, a lot of people have said that Doc, and you mentioned him, that he, he's done a good job. Some people have said that maybe he deserves coach of the year consideration. Wouldn't you say, though, with, and I think he has done a good job, you ended up where people projected you to end up. Just You just took a different route to get there. You know, you're 15 and 17 after 32 games, roughly half the season, and now you come back and win the division. And, and still are in contention for a home court advantage. Is this pretty much what you expected at the beginning of the season? You know, I think that that we, uh, you know, I was probably hoping for a few more wins. But, yeah, after the start, it was it looked like it could be a disastrous season. And uh, we finished very strong. And to win our, win our division was a great accomplishment based on, you know, the really poor start that we got off to. So, um, Doc has done a great job, like I said. I, 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 I doubt if he'll win Coach of the Year. Um, you know, I always think Doc does a great job, though, so that's nothing new. But I'm sure, I mean, Greg Popovich has done an amazing job with all the injuries that they've had and to, to uh, you know, win 50 games in this schedule is, is pretty remarkable. And the one time that we talked to Doc this year uh, because of a scheduling switch, he said to us one of the big reasons he came back was you and that, you know, he knows he's got a boss that, that he trusts and he can argue with and it's still fine. Uh, you know, the next day, things don't linger, things don't hover. When did you guys uh, develop that kind of relationship? Was it a work in progress as, as he's a coach and you're uh, an executive, or is it something that you guys had when you were playing together, not even knowing that one day you would work together? Well, you know, you have to earn respect. Um, as a coach, you have to earn it every day, and as a general manager, you have to earn it from, with your coaches and your players. And uh, every day that, you know, you're being – evaluated and um, probably more in the times of challenge and trouble than you are when you're winning and and how you respond and um, Doc has definitely earned my respect and regardless of the respect I had for Doc before uh, he took the job obviously we had a great respect for him but um, you know to to continue in the times of challenge and how he can how he has amazing stamina and fight in him, uh, and that's, I think that that's emulated it, and our players follow that example, and I've been very impressed. I mean, that's, half coaching nowadays is not just about X and O's and coaching. I mean, it's really managing people and managing players, and our players respect that. Yeah, you know what? I thought he did a tremendous job in that he was willing to admit the guys were out of shape early on, but he didn't seem to publicly 
beat up on the guys early on. Matter of fact, when everybody else was ready to write the team off, I thought he did a great job of kind of expecting them to come around, almost as if he had some type of guarantee from them that they were going to get it uh, together. And you're right. It, it takes a kind of a psychologist, a Dr. Phil, to be able to, to be able to manipulate sometimes your players to be able to do that, Danny. Well, and I think that that's the beauty of Doc is that, you know, in the, when we got off to the bad start this year, we were really struggling. Um, he maintained, to me, privately, not just publicly like you sort of have to do to get your players to believe, but privately to me, he was, you know, I like these guys. I like this team. You know, we're going to get there. They, they're working hard. We're just, you know, we're not in great shape. We're not executing, you know, the new guys are struggling a little bit with their stuff. You know, Paul was hurt. And um, I think that it was, I think he was, he was convinced and he convinced me like this, he likes this group of guys and we're going to be all right. Tell me how rare this is. Put this in perspective for me as a, as a former coach yourself. I was reading in Sports Illustrated, they, they have those player polls, and I'm addicted to those things. I read them all the time, every week, no matter what sport it is. And so they had one, and they were asking NBA players, which coach would you least like to play for? Which coach would you most like to play for? The coach that most players wanted to play for was Doc Rivers. And then there, in the small print, it said Doc didn't get a single vote for least like to play for this guy. So, in, in other words, everybody loves Doc. How rare is that? You know who got the least amount, right? Uh, it was Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, but Dwight Howard voted 12 times. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, how, how know, rare I, is that for everybody to like a guy? I think it's I think it's rare. I think probably more than the, uh, you know, the most votes of guys that wanted to play for him, but the fact that he got zero votes, because Doc is not an enabler. Doc is not a guy that is telling them what they want to hear, I mean, he is coaching them, and I think uh, it's a good it's good to take notice that players want to be coached. You know, Greg Popovich is a popular coach. I mean, he's a guy that coaches. There's he's he's not um, a fluff guy. He's not making it easy or a country club. I mean, they players want to be coached, and I think that's why they appreciate Doc. All right, Atlanta first round opponent. You don't know whether you're going to get home court or not. You've got to win. Dallas has got to win, and they don't have much to. To play for here, but it is Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta looks like they're having some health problems right now uh, at the center spot with Horford out and Pachulia now injured as well. It's not necessarily a great rebounding team, but what issues do they present for you guys? Well, you know, they, they have size. They have a lot of different – I mean, Joe Johnson, of course, is the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, Joe is the guy that's given us trouble in the past. He's a – strong, terrific player, shooting the ball well from the three lately and seems to really have has picked up his game. Josh Smith has had a fantastic season this year. With Horford out, he's had to carry more of a load and, and had his best year as a pro. Um, Teague is coming into his own, a little bit like uh, you know our Avery Bradley. Teague's, Teague's got about a year earlier head start in minutes and production. He's, he's got great speed and athleticism and and is a weapon that they haven't had in the past at that point guard position. So um, they're a good team. Uh, they've played all year without Horford and, and done a magnificent job. Uh, I think every, uh, they're probably a team that surprised a lot of people with that they've been able to not only hold down the fort and make the playoffs without Horford, but to really thrive. Now, Horford has already come out and said, not available in the first round, which makes me think 
he believes they're going to play in the second round. But let's talk about one of your guys who has been off and on injury-wise this year, Ray Allen. Are you confident that not just Ray but this group entirely is healthy going into the playoffs? Because that's one of the things that you and Doc have mentioned. You want to have a healthy team much more so than having home court advantage or where, where you're seated in the conference. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, there's a lot of talk this year about guys resting and sitting out, and we really haven't done that. I mean, KG is rested, but he's been banged up. I mean, that guy doesn't even know, but he, he's playing. You know, all the treatment that he does and the work that he – reminds me a lot of Larry and Kevin in their later years and just how I, I admired how hard they worked just to get on the court and then to produce the way they did. Um Kevin's gone through that this year. I mean, he is a warrior, and he loves to play. So we've sort of had him rest, but it's not like he's not, like he's 100%. So the rest has been important for K- KG. And then, um, you know, Rondo, I think, is he may play tonight. I'm not sure yet, um, but he's getting better. I, I'm confident he'll be good for Sunday. And Ray is the only question mark, and I think that Ray um, – is not 100% yet, and it's been a while now. So we do have some concern there, but I'm still hopeful. All right, Danny, it's time now for the no-nonsense question of the week brought to you by SBLI, the no-nonsense life insurance company. This week's question comes from Adam Poirier of Andover. Adam wants to know, there seems to be a mindset in Sports America that in order for a young athlete to achieve great success, they need to specialize in one sport and concentrate all their time and effort. As a former two-sport pro athlete, what do you think of that, says Adam? Okay, Mike, you're going to have to summarize that question for me one more time. I lost it for a second. So, Adam, basically, uh, today a lot of kids who are talented athletes are told to play one sport and specialize in that. He's saying you were a two-sport professional athlete. What do you think about this mentality to specialize in one sport? Well, you know, so it's it's a tough call. I think that depending on what your goals are, if you're – goal is to make it to as high as you can make it in one sport, then specializing is probably the right thing to do. I, I loved playing this, all the sports. So playing baseball did not help me become a better basketball player. Playing football did not help me become a better baseball player. But um, I loved it. I loved my high school football and, and uh, my baseball professional experience. And, and I was fortunate enough to play in the NBA. But um, I, I encourage kids to play sports. I like how the prep schools around here and the private schools force you to play two or three seasonal sports. And, and uh, I think for most kids, they should, they should play multiple sports. Well, for being selected, Adam wins a $100 gift certificate to Sports Authority, although he should give half to me since I had to rephrase his question. <laughs> no-nonsense question of the week is presented by SBLI, the no-nonsense life insurance company. Submit your question for Danny Ainge. At SBLI.com slash basketball, weekly winners will receive a $100 gift certificate to Sports Authority. Enter at SBLI.com slash basketball for your chance to win. You open Sunday, is that right? Yeah, I don't know which time yet, but we open Sunday, whether we're home or on the road. But I have a question for you guys. Yeah, go ahead. In the football draft, yes. the NFL in their new collective bargaining agreement has a rookie salary structure, right? That's, That's correct. correct. So does that change so that – you know, in in the tradition, teams like to trade down to get so-called value. But does this new salary structure of the rookie of the rookie scale change that approach in the draft? That um, 
now you don't have to worry about paying, you know, the exorbitant amount of money for the number two or number three pick in the draft. It's more scaled down. It's it's more reasonable. Is that yeah, true or not? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think Bill even addressed that last year that, yeah, you, you there's a it's a safer pick right now if you're drafting in the in the first ten because if under the old uh, deal you'd pay a quarterback forty some odd million dollars and if he's a bust then you're in serious trouble that sets your your organization back now it's changed dramatically on the other hand Danny those picks become more valuable so if you're moving up to the top ten you're going to have to give up more to get one of those picks because they pres- they present more value now. Right, that's what I was saying. So the whole thing of trading down to get more value is not necessarily the case. In the NBA, you know, it's always value to move up right. in the draft because of that rookie scale. You don't right. have to negotiate these crazy contracts like they do in the NFL. So that may change the philosophy right. of everybody. It would. But and by know. the way, remember this question because we may be asking you this question when we get to the yeah. NBA draft, those multiple draft Are you going to trade up? Right, we we'll may be getting you. into that. But so some, teams trade, some teams trade down for more picks, too. They think it's too high to take a player and they want those picks for – future drafts or the current draft. All right, listen, yeah, but, go ahead. But, but, but part of that was always because of the, you know, the salaries you had to pay t- on top of it. You know, everybody wants the better players, but I understand the picks and the multiple picks, but that's less of a, of a value to trade down now because you have the structure. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. So, Absolutely. And if you're trying to move up, just the opposite, those picks suddenly have more value. Are you, you going to watch You're going to have to give more. Are you watching tonight, Danny? Are you going to watch any of this draft? You know what? I don't. I probably won't watch it because I'll be watching our game and watching the Atlanta Mavericks game. But uh, I will definitely follow. I, I mean, I'm a big sports junkie, so I'll follow the draft. I'll, I'll be interested to watch and see who they, everybody takes. All right, Danny. Good luck with the upcoming playoffs, and we'll talk to you next week about those playoffs. Have a good one. All right, guys. Thanks. See you All right, later. Danny. Danny Ainge, right here on the Big Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.